start recording now. And then what? Do you find a good, like, entry point to actually start the episode? Or is this the episode now? Oh, uh, this is the episode now. <laughs> okay. I had to wait until, like, we were in the middle of a conversation. But I poured us the drinks already, so... True. I figure why not. Alright. It's a nice G&T's. G&T's. Love it. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. How long have we known each other? We have known each other going on 10 years. Yeah, I think we're at the 10-year mark. Yeah, it would have... I remember, because I did not accept myself as gay until June 2012. And then that's when I, I think, pretty quickly hopped on to Cor Invictus to frantically, in a panic, try to find other people like me. (laughs) That's a... Same. <laughs> I think I accepted mine about a year earlier. Okay. Um, I've probably told the story before, so if I had skipped forward like 30 seconds. Um, <clears throat> so it's like the end of my sophomore year of college. Nate Pence like took me for a drive. Like somebody else had found out and told him. And he said, you know, it's like, it's okay. You know, if there's something you want to say. And at first I was really resistant to it. And then I thought... Do I really care that much? And so I just said, yeah, I'm gay, okay. And then Nate started going through, like, Heavenly Father still loves you. You can talk to so-and-so about this. And I just kind of shushed. I'm like, no, no, it's fine. Let's let's get some Frosties. <laughs> I'm gay. Let's get some Frosties. Good. Is uh, my new motto. It's yeah. going to be on my gravestone. <laughs> yeah. Good. All the Frosty in your honor. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, we met... Online, at least, at that point. Yes, it was right before my senior year of college. And right before my mission. Yeah. I remember uh, texting you on the road, because I'd spent part of my summer with my sister, so I remember driving up from Florida to, to Virginia. Yeah. And being bad and texting you sometimes while I was on the highway. <laughs> You've admitted to a crime on air. Statue of limitations. That was, was ten years ago. I should be fine. Probably. Yeah. And then we... Uh... Wrote each other, wrote each other like crazy for the duration of my mission. Yeah, I actually just went over some of those letters. Yeah, me too, it's weird. I always feel weird reading stuff that I wrote when I was still believing in the church because... It's a little painful. Yeah, absolutely. There were definitely parts that I read that were... It's a painful read sometimes. Um, other times it just felt like our normal conversations, talking about movies and etc. Yeah, we did do that a lot. I did that a lot as a missionary. <laughs> I, uh, I felt a desperate need to still connect to the, the outside world. We got into a little argument because of something I said. In letters? Yeah. We argued via letter? Just the once. Oh, okay. You, uh, um, I said something to you, like, kind of accusing you of being trunky. Oh, well, I absolutely was the from day one. <laughs> oh, no, you denied it. Yeah, I definitely did. Yeah, which then led into the argument, like, I wasn't... I felt like I was using you as a journal sometimes. Did I accuse you of that in you the letters? Did, but you weren't. Like, I looked over, I think, before that point. I started off strong, but I think my previous three letters, I wasn't very good about asking you about your life. I mean... We wrote a lot, though, is the thing, and not that much would change for me at a time, probably, <laughs> yeah. as think, a missionary. I think it was because, like, the stress of the mission, 
and everything. And, like, we only got to write, like, once a week. Yeah. And so I think just the fact that, like, just even the past few letters, I wasn't good about that. I could see how that would be frustrating. So that's over the course of three weeks to a month. But I barely remember now. What I do remember is everyone thought you were a woman. Did I ever tell you that? I think so. Yeah, because... And this seems crazy now, because now, you know, I have a sister on a mission, and she can just, like, FaceTime whoever she wants every single week. Um, You know, she has Facebook Messenger, all these things. But on my mission, there was, like... I mean, this was ten years ago, plus it was... I don't know. People obeyed the rules for the most part, I feel. So it was very much like I and I wanted to obey all the rules for the most part as well. So I would stick to the handbook, which was like you may not uh, even email anybody like outside of your family. So I wouldn't even email friends like Mika. So I would you had to use Dear Elder, right? The, yeah. That would like send me a paper copy then automatically. Did you have to pay for that? I hope no. you didn't have to pay for that. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> like once you got to Tariko, we switched to emails. Right. So there came a time on my mission where, and that's what's so funny to me in retrospect is things like that would be a huge deal to me. It's like, am I following the rule or not? And I would start to hear of other missionaries emailing their friends. And I was like, well, should I do that? Or am I going to be exactly obedient? And then finally, yeah, like my mission president made an official statement, I think, that was like, okay, you can, you can email people. It's fine. So yeah, then we would have switched to email. But up until then, yeah, I would get paper... Dear elder letters from you whenever I had like meetings where they would bring us mail and there would be like sometimes like I swear like up to 10 from you if it had been a while and Um, I do right I wrote you every day and if they were multiple pages I remember deal dear I can't say that quickly dear elder would send them all individually if it was multiple pages so like you could write one letter those three pages and it would come as three letters so I'd get these stacks from you yeah and everyone would be like who's Mika oh my gosh and they just assumed you were a woman that was a romantic interest of mine that was a lucky break I guess so yeah yeah that's that's how it went for the year that I was gone yeah then you came back from your mission and then I moved to Utah yeah did that timing just work out it did yeah okay I was uh I lived in Florida for a few months. I think you were still on your mission at that point, because it was May of 2020, or 2013. Yeah, I, I get got back early September that year. Yeah, and so I lived with my sister for a bit. Then I moved to Utah, end of 2013. I just know you were here in October. Yeah, 13. Okay. Um, sorry, I had to count my fingers. <laughs> Yeah, I lived in Florida with my sister before she moved to Cincinnati. Then, yeah, then I went to Utah. Then you were off your mission. And then we met. IRL. And it was weird because I definitely, you were my first, like, once I'd accepted myself, you were the first person that I, like, very consciously, as a gay person, you were, like, the first gay person I interacted with who I was, like, you're, like, close to my age, you understand my experience as a Mormon, so I very much latched onto you and, like, had kind of constructed you as this, basically, like, fantasy person in my mind of, like, you know, almost like a first love thing in a way, but not entirely, but I was very excited to meet you and was just like, who knows what's going to happen with this Mika guy, like, oh my gosh. I I get that 100%. Yeah. Um, I think to an extent I was in a similar boat, in a similar boat, because I didn't talk to Nate that often, and then after graduating... There was one guy that I graduated with that I talked to. He had known I was gay for all of senior year. He didn't say anything. And after that, we were texting a lot, and then he just 
ghosted me. Oh. And then about the time, yeah, you came off your mission, and so you were the person... Was I going to not not conversion therapy at that point? Oh, jeez. I don't think I... Is that... Wait. Is that that you just referenced? Is that the same as group, or is that different? That was group, yeah. Oh. No, I feel like group started once we were living together. but Or maybe you were already far into group at that point, but... No, I would remember... Because right before we moved in together, um, there was a brief time this summer where I lived by myself and I hosted group at my place. Oh my. And then it turned into an awkward cuddle fest. Yeah, they always do. And I could not deal with it. <laughs> the cuddle fest? Yeah, I... Because, like, there was only one guy left to cuddle. I'm like, I don't like him that much. Oh, so not fest, like, everybody's cuddling together, but you're no. pairing off into... Yeah, people were pairing off. Oh, wow. Like, oh, I don't care much for this guy, so... Huh just gonna sit here awkwardly interesting yeah i wasn't like really close with any of them though like really it was you really that mm-hmm. i first got like really close with okay yeah timeline is weird because that was late 2013 and then really the infamous g crew came together early 2014 right yeah g yeah. crew plus torin g crew plus torin because <laughs> we uh wanted to see next to normal that's playing at uvu yeah. And then J. John found out I was going and kind of bullied me into getting him a ticket. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, like, Mika, you know I've wanted to see this. Like, I didn't know that, but I should have known that. I feel like I should have known that. Okay, yeah, I'll grab you a ticket. Yeah, then afterwards we went to IHOP. And then we were a crew. Was it really the first time we hung out seeing Next Normal? I mean, with J. John. Yeah. We then went to IHOP after, and that established the tradition? Yeah. Wow. That's how it was established. And then eventually we brought Jeff in. Yeah. I mean, you did it all, really, because you knew J. John and Jeff separately, right? And yes. So you brought everyone together. I forgot how I met J. John. Maybe it was through... It, oh, it was from Philip Keeve. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> um, interesting. Okay. Well, I mean, can't we just say, really, this was all just through North Star? Kind of. I mean, I wasn't in North Star yet, but I knew you from Core Invictus, which is such a relic of the past. I feel like, I don't know if I've ever met another gay Mormon that's ever heard of it, besides you and then Mike, of course, who I also met on there. But Yeah, just you and Mike. Yeah. Which is weird, because it felt like there were people on there at the time. Like, I felt like there were a lot of people. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess we should say for the listener, maybe, if they don't know. It was this weird social media site, essentially, for gay Mormons. Like, so nation-specific. <laughs> I remember, like, rather than, like... Well, no, there was probably a relationship status, right? And then, but, like, there was also a status for, like, your activity in the church. I remember that. And then, yeah, you would just message people, really. And that's kind of it. Yeah, right? like, you add people as friends. Try yeah. Have a conversation with them. Yeah. They were awkward. Remember you were telling me about how there was one guy you met that you hung out with, and he was super awkward because he was hitting on you? Like he and his friend were? Yes, yes. These two guys, I remember we went and saw The Dark Knight Rises that was new and hip and happening that summer. <laughs> and then, yeah, went back to one of their places and they wanted to play Truth or Dare. And, yeah, it was very, it was very like high school, you know, weird and awkward. And yeah. <laughs> no, no, like overt things, but yeah, very like, but I, well, I was about to leave on my mission in like a month from then. And it felt very like, I'm putting myself in a bad position. <laughs> Yeah, I do wonder if people, like, hooked up all the time from that. I feel like any gay Mormon support group, there are hookups that happen eventually, but... Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, even if it just is the cuddling. Yeah. Yeah, right, because there's always the front of cuddling 
because we all lacked male affection at a young age, and if we just platonically cuddle, we won't have sexual urges anymore or something is the logic. But Which is weird, because like, I had a good emotional connection with my dad. Right, same. Yeah. I feel like that's like a myth, is though that whole idea, yeah. I had some guy friends. Like I, yeah, I don't feel like I was lacking. No, no, no. I, I, I almost exclusively had guy friends, like in high school and stuff. Maybe not exclusively, but yeah, it wasn't like the stereotype, like the gay guy can only make friends with girls or whatever. It's like now I had very like close male relationships in my life always. So um, at high school, I had mostly female relationships. Okay, friendships. There were a few guys, but it wasn't until I moved out from Wyoming that I started making a ton of guy friends. Hmm. I remember in college, I hung out with guys and girls pretty equally, but to some guys, that meant that I was hanging out with a ton of girls. You know, I, my RA at one point asked me, like, Mika, I see you with all of these women. Who, which one of them are you dating? Oh, yeah, the classic reversal. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're drowning in the ladies or whatever, yeah. And I just, yeah, I gave him the strangest look, like, I... What? <laughs> Why would I be dating one of them? And this was like right after I came out to myself too. Okay. Which is funny because I kind of dated a guy my freshman year. So it's funny it wasn't until like the end of my sophomore year that I really came out to myself. Nah. Yeah. I um, think a lot of people have similar things like that though. I never... I, I don't know. For me, basically the experience of being gay was fully happening, but I just always had a rationale for why it wasn't that, you know? So yeah. that's why it took me until I was 19 almost to start calling it that. But yeah, then once I had accepted it, I could look back and be like, oh, so I had feelings for that guy. Like <laughs> this was always clearly, you know, a sexual thing, etc. cetera. Um, yeah. It's weird. Um, I'm actually still good friends with that guy. Good. Yeah, JP. Like things ended badly, but... I was being kind of a jackass and let it go on, the bad blood go on way longer than it needed to. Then finally, a few years ago, uh, we just started talking again. And I apologized to him profusely. I talked to him like every few days. Wow. I mean, you said it was your freshman year, right? So like time does heal many wounds, especially wounds from when you're like in high school slash early 20s. I think it's pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. Years onward to be like, that was dumb. There's no reason to like let that make things awkward i think it helps when you're properly medicated too okay which i was not until right before i went to chicago and even then um i remember when i first started antidepressants i felt great and i remember going to my doctor saying like yeah i feel great i took the the evaluation test and she looked at me and said yeah kid you're still really depressed oh we're gonna up your dosage that same time i was also diagnosed with adhd and didn't do anything about it until very recently. And for those, those of you who are listening, I don't know how much you know about ADHD. Uh, pardon the French, but it really fucks you up. Uh, my depression turned out to be the symptom, not the cause. Uh, once I got in good ADHD medicine, it took care of most of the depression. Good. It took away all of my suicidal urges. Extra good. Super extra good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, super, yes. Yeah, so being properly medicated really helps your view on life. Yeah. A lot. It's uh, it, it's amazing the things I'm finally letting go of. Because I have to hold stupid grudges for stupid things from a while ago. And now, yeah, I just don't care anymore. Love to hear it. And it's very nice to not care anymore. Good. Anyway, that was kind of... Heavy-ish. Medium weights. I love a good tangent, though. 
What do you want to try next? Gee, I don't know. Got tequila, some OJ. I struggle with tequila usually. I think I'm finally coming around, but it is the last type of alcohol that I just struggle with. I discovered that I love tequila. Really? Yeah. I definitely don't. If you don't like or want this canned Moscow Mule, I may have that. Go for it. See? I may make myself a regular Moscow Mule. Okay. How does this work for podcast format? Are you just going to... Do you edit this, or is this a free-flowing thing where people are going to hear me opening the Moscow Mule? No, my friend um, Richard edits this. Oh. Since we mentioned the cat, no one's going to care. Like, <laughs> I open cat's mic. Wow. So does Richard, like... Edit, edit, like cut out little pauses and everything too? Yes. Wow. Heaven's blessings be upon you, Richard. That's great. <laughs> Richard, it's up to you if you want to edit this little tangent out. <laughs> um, how do you like the Moscow Mule from the can? It's good. Have really? you had it before? I have. I, I like a Beehive Distillery's version because it's got a nice lime taste. Oh, this is very gingery, but I'm into yeah, it. I, like, normally I love Ogden's own. Like the five wives, five husbands stuff, the mm-hmm. Madame Paterini. But their canned cocktails are just not my favorite. Okay. This is my first time and I'm sold. It's the last can I have. Okay. Thank it's you. yours. It's all yours. Okay. Can you stand up now. You can talk at the microphone if you want. <laughs> just whisper secrets into its ear. I don't think I'm confident enough to sustain the conversation by myself. What? Oh, come on. Nah, this has to be cut out for sure. Um, I mean, speaking of just talking, I feel like half our relationship is just recommending TV shows to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that feels right. It's nice. (laughs) It is nice. Because I feel like we'll spend a good chunk of time like, oh, have you seen this? No, well, here's why you should watch it. (laughs) I mean, that's also most of the modern world at this point, I feel, isn't it? There's just so much content. That's nice. Is it? Your lemon... Moscow Mule? Yeah, do you want to try some? I guess so, why not? That is good. I wouldn't have known. Um, I guess my goal was to be kind of tipsy by the end of this. I don't know if I'm going to make that. You have to do a shot? Maybe. I'm usually not the best with shots, but oh. I, can, I can make a lemon drop shot. Right, let's see how this goes. Truth serum. Everything is going to come out now. Oh boy, I hope I don't gag. You won't. It's deep, Eddie. It's a terrible guy. Isn't it a low likes. percentage anyway? Um. Oof. Oh, no. I'm good. <laughs> Is this where we call Richard back to the actual programming now? Yeah, I just assumed he was going to keep this in. No, all of this? (laughs) Okay, you can take this out, Richard. I don't know. Maybe if it was, if all the silences were gone, it might work, but... I think if, I mean, I don't feel like there are that many silences, but I'm also in the moment. I think there's been, it's like been like seven minutes since we were actually talking about anything, at least. All right, Richard, take out the past seven minutes. Um, Don't need to talk about the shot I just took or how I gagged on it. I mean, maybe. Maybe keep that part in. Throw that in. Yeah. But that's the only thing. Yeah. I'm just going to start drinking during these. It did with Mike. Good. Might as well. Were you... You weren't still believing when you started this, were you? No. Okay. Um, I stopped believing when I was in Chicago. Right. Um, I mean, I feel like I stopped believing before that, but I stuck with it because I wanted an easy way to make friends when I was there. Fair. Um, Like... 
even though like I had an entire grad school program and I became friends with everyone, I still wanted the sense of community. But the church never wanted me. I never got callings. People very rarely would ever talk to me. Um, missionaries always like me, probably because I make them food. Oh. And I'll talk frankly with them. I remember there were these the three elders in the ward. I told them at one point, elders, I know just as much, if not more, than you do. I'm at least five years older than you. At that point, I was eight years older than them. Right. Like, you know, I went to a religious school. I did early morning cemetery. Seminary. <laughs> Ooh, uh, <laughs> the shots kicked in, everybody. Um, so I, yeah, yeah. And like, let's just talk about the spirit. Let's just talk about things we like, scriptures we like. You know, don't don't give me a lesson. So weird. Because as a missionary, your goal always is to give someone a lesson. Yeah. But I've heard those lessons my entire life. Yeah. What's what's the point? Like, I fed you food, now give me a good conversation. That's what I want. Yeah, but they want to give you spiritual food, which is whatever we can, message. We can still have a spiritual conversation. I remember the last time I talked to the missionaries, there was two new missionaries. They helped me move, and I treated them to some Thai food after. Not here. No, in Chicago. Oh, okay. So about a year into Chicago is when I stopped going. Yeah, the missionaries, the two elders helped me move, and... I treated them to Thai food. We did not talk about church the entire time. One of the elders was wearing a soccer shirt under his white shirt. So yeah. I guess it was their pee day. Okay. Yeah, we did not talk about church anything. And I think the other elder was kind of wary about that because the missionaries never contacted me again after that. Mm. I thought, you know, how sad that was. And especially because yeah. the one missionary I was talking to was definitely very attractive. <laughs> it's how it is, though. I was probably a mix between the two, but yeah, generally I would feel a, an immense sense of guilt if we, you know, visited a member's house and had a good time, really. Yeah. <laughs> if, if there was no, uh, yeah, reining things in to become about the church, then I, I would feel like we'd wasted time wrongfully as missionaries. Yeah. But I did always crave it, though, just like to have fun. So it's kind of, it's a tough balance. It was for me. I tried hard to let those missionaries have fun at my place. Yeah. I remember the Russian elder. Elder Slinkov? Serlinkov? Okay, not important. Uh, I think the only time I didn't enjoy talking to the missionaries, he brought up the topic of homosexuality. Knowing you were gay? Yeah. Because I I came out to them and I told them, like, it's important for you guys to know this, I think, if you're going to be over here, so you watch what you say. There is someone in the ward who is gay. So what did he um, say about it? He didn't say anything at first, but then he brought the topic up of homosexuality, and I stopped him and told him, like, Elder, be careful, you're under my roof. Be careful what you say next. Which he did, I think, soften his words a bit, but I was very unhappy with him for the next... Up until he was transferred, actually. Like, that's one of the stupid grudges I held. I wonder what he was going to say. I would have let him talk, because I would have wanted to know what he was going to say. For the life of me, I do not remember what he said. Yeah. And I think that was... I probably wrote it in my journal, but that was the journal I had that got stolen. (laughs) It's so weird that someone stole a journal. I don't understand, like... It's a whole Oscar Wilde, um... You know, when one must have something sensational to read on the train... And so I genuinely, genuinely hoped that they read my journal on the L. Yeah. 
I guess you yeah take it as a compliment as a writer that they wanted to studio journal. I guess they probably thought there were passwords in there. Is that what people do? Yeah, some people do okay. have their passwords to their notebooks. Um, I have some passwords in there, or did, but I used a dumb code so mm. people wouldn't figure it out. Oh, I actually just turned to something I wrote about you. Oh no! Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about Jake's song Level 2, the lyrics. I spent a whole week wearing glasses, feeling sickened about these antimerian How, how old is this? In which I lay awake. Uh, this was February of 2017. Okay. I think, yeah. When he goes through a tough time, he wears his glasses more often. I think about doing that even though I hate people seeing me wear them. That's my journal entry. That's funny. Yeah. Because now I only wear glasses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been thinking about it more and more. So it's easier than putting in my contacts. Mm. But I scratched my glasses, and so I'm totally uh, turned off from wearing them in front of people again. Okay. I'm sure you look great in them. For me, I'm not going through constant hard times. I just realized I don't have the face for not wearing glasses. You think so? Yeah. I think you're fine without glasses. My eyes are a little small for my face, and then I just look tired all the time. It was because of teaching high school. Students, if, <laughs> if I wasn't wearing glasses, like students would always be like, are you okay? Like, are you depressed? And I was like, it's a normal day. So I, I just like stopped wearing contacts. That's so sad. Yeah, it's okay. Now I'm used to it. High schoolers are mean. I wasn't that mean. They meant well. They were checking on my well-being. They just didn't realize the implications. <laughs> Some poetry for class, or song lyrics, I guess. You pompous biscotti, you're not a hottie, I want some hot tea. Damn, you're naughty, you sugar Nazi, so fucking restless, a casual perfectionist. Wow. Just a piece there? Just might turn into something later? Um, it did already, actually. Oh, wow. I wrote a concept album for one of my classes. Amazing. It's missing, like, two songs, I think, but... Need some editing, but yeah, I want to start uh, an all-gay punk band, summer fun punk band. I love that. And I want to be the singer. Okay. Because you don't have to be a good singer That's in true. punk music, queer core. So if you want to join a band, let me know. Yeah, I might. Let's let's do it. I'm, I can't put music together, so I'll let you put the music oh. together. Oh, Or we can get someone else to do it. Let's get someone else to do yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. I'll just play the drums. Yeah, we'll we'll find we'll find so it shouldn't be that hard, right? Nah, not for punk. Just kidding. But am I? We'll see. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> it's just power chords. Yeah. We can do that. Yeah. Maybe I'll learn how to play guitar or bass. Like girl pool. The ting tings, it was Oh the drums, but then I think all she did was sing. Okay. And then they just had beats. Um, I had a crush on the drummer, fun fact. Of the Ting Tings? Yeah. A woman? He was a dude. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if a woman I have a crush on that's a drummer, uh, Slater Kinney, what's her name? Oh. Janet, Janet Weiss. Yeah. Okay, nice. Really the backbone of that band. <laughs> Good. Well, very little of this has been on the actual topic of your podcast. <laughs> um, no, that's how I want it, honestly. Just really? a nice conversation. Um, people have told me they like the conversations. Okay. Cool. Cool. I guess back to our regular, regularly scheduled program. <laughs> now the alcohol is starting to take effect. Hooey. Good. Hooey. Well, what is this supposed to be? Stories? Yeah, just stories. You bought a house. <laughs> we bought a house. I don't know if that's a story more than just a... Well, it's exciting, though, like in this economy. In this economy. 
just the Utah housing market. That's impressive. Yeah. That's really impressive. I even with my new job, I don't think unless I were married, I wouldn't be able to afford a house here. Yeah. It was more horrifying than impressive, I would say, but horrifying. How so? Well, just to buy in at these prices, but yeah, we'll see if we regret it. I don't know. Oh, you plan on staying in Utah, though, right? Yeah. Because I remember you were talking about moving a while back. Yeah, I mean, it was more we were open to it, but it didn't end up happening that way. So we're still here. Yeah, I guess. Same for me. I thought I was going to move, but then ended up not. It's funny, like kind of funny haha that I told you hey I think I'm moving to Cincinnati let's hang out one more time <laughs> and then a week before we hang out I tell you hey so it turns out something big happened got a job yeah it's good news I was thinking about how I'm in the uh, aforementioned G crew I'm the only one that's always stayed here oh yeah G crew so Jeff yeah. is is in California J. John's moving back though Yes, J. John's coming back. Yeah, it was just me and Jeff for a little bit, and then you came back. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Torrin's, Torrin's been long gone, but he yeah. was only ever here for school, so it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Torrin, the token straight guy. Yeah. Ever. The G and G crew stands for gay. It was not a <laughs> self-appointed name. I think uh, Carly started calling us that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I was actually... Last Christmas, I regret not doing this. Something happened, and I wasn't able to do this. But you know that photo of us? We took the, the Polaroid? Polaroid? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to put that on canvas and send everyone a canvas print of that. That would have been amazing. Um, I'll do that this Christmas, so don't tell anyone else. <laughs> no one else listens to this, let's be honest. <laughs> okay. Um, so expect that Christmas present. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a good Polaroid. It's very nostalgic. I mean, Polaroids are already nostalgic, but it's like, it captured a moment, though, I feel. Who who has that Polaroid? So I don't Not think me. Is it Jeff? I feel like Jeff asked It does seem it. Jeffy, but yeah. I've never had anything Polaroid-related, so it's definitely not me. Yeah, I'll let you take a Polaroid of me, if I take one of you. Okay. Yeah. Do you I mean, just press the button? Yeah, you just press the button. Hmm. I'll definitely keep it on my fridge. I'll put it next to your wedding photo. We don't have anything on our fridge. What? Yeah, we don't really put things places ever. Uh, so I just do this. Hmm. Right there, that's the... Uh, oh, yeah, okay. Um, I hope that turned out to be a good picture. If it's I not, I'll just did. make you retake it. That was a good pick. Yeah. Now we wait. <laughs> yeah, you pull that out. We just, we, we wait. Um, okay. I think sipping a drink's not a bad photo op. No, I think it's good. Yeah. I got a nice photo of one of my friends smoking. Like, I know smoking's bad for you, but goddamn it, I think people look so cool when they smoke. <laughs> That's why they do it. It looks so cool. I have never thought about picking up smoking, but sometimes I do think I'd be so cool if I smoked. I think it's one of those things where, well, never mind. You just said everyone's cool who smokes. I was going to say it's one of those things where you feel like you're really cool doing it, but then people are like, actually, I don't want that cigarette smoke. Like, That's true. I've kissed me. guys who smoke, and it's like kissing an ashtray. <laughs> it's not good. So I used to my cousin Cora smoking that. I think she looks cool when she smokes, even though she's trying to quit, and I want her to quit. Mm. Um, I think it texts her. She's like, these past six months have sucked so bad that there are a lot of people I just haven't talked to, and she's one of them. And she's, I love Cora. She's like a sister to me. Is she still here? 
She is, yeah. She lives in American Fork. Okay. Cora, if you listen to this, I'm going to text you later today. Um, yeah, that's a good picture. I like this skull shirt. Yeah. It looks so cool. You do. It's a really good picture. Yeah. Take that in your fridge. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. I forgot this is mine to keep. Yeah, it's yours. Okay. I mean, it's still developing. Nice. Feeling more than now that I'm standing up. Good. Good. <laughs> I mean, that's the point, isn't it? I mean, that's true. Um, I guess you have to drive later, so you shouldn't drink as much. But No, I shan't. I could no, be a little buzzed. Yeah, I want to get you buzzed. I am. Oh, I definitely am. Good. 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 Yeah. Cool and good. Could. <laughs> so stupid. I'm huh? so stressed about this podcast. Why? I feel like we've produced no good content so far. What? Yeah. I mean, I can have Richard cut out the past 15 minutes. <laughs> like, I'll leave it up to your description. I mean, when you send me the finished product, I will tell you if I think something else should be cut out. But, I mean, we still have like 20 minutes to... Okay. Say things and um, we've got some good story content though. G Crew, when we first met, IHOP. I guess so. They're less stories though and more just mentions. No, that's fine. Um, okay. Maybe Richard cut that. Well, no, for anyone listening right now, that's. We're having a conversation. We talked about, we're talking about game over and things. It's not necessarily a story, but it's important to uh, how we both grew up because we, you could say we grew up together. Yeah. Um, in this, the whole game Mormon thing, like we supported each other and we were very important people in each other's lives for a while there. Yeah. Had our journeys at a similar time, you know, different in the same way. Yeah. You definitely left before I, I, you left when I should have left. I guess so. I mean, when should anyone have left? I don't know. I always think about what would have, you know, high school been like if I could have accepted myself and not hated myself. Because I think if, even if I accepted myself as gay, if I was still super Mormon, then I would have hated myself. And also, high school probably wouldn't have been friendly to me. But Fair being in Utah, because you grew up in Orem. I did. But there's a very, actually, real topic. Um, do you feel like you've ever lost friends or lost substance in friendships after coming out to someone? For the most part, no. At least not people I was close to. Um... Like, you remember Domo Shirt Guy? Yeah. Um, so, I don't know if I've talked about him before, but to there's me? this... Well, to you, definitely. To the wrote about him. <laughs> he, he wears... If you know Domo Kuhn, the giant brownie-looking monster... Um, oh, if you want a brownie, I've got brownies. Oh, I'm good. Okay, you sure? I'll, I'm going to send you home with some. I've okay. made an entire thing that I do not want. Okay. Uh, I, I ate a third of it last night with ice cream. Sounds delicious. It was so good. Anyway, Domo shirt guy, he would wear this Domo shirt. And so our relationship was, I would see him and say, hey, I like your shirt. And he would say, thanks. And it got to the point where I would say, hey, and he would just say, thanks. That's fun. I like that. I finally became friends with him. And I remember coming out to him and I probably came out in an awkward way. I just remember we were in his car and he looked at me while we were driving and said, no, really? No. Really? <laughs> and then that was it. He's um, actually the only person I've really enjoyed talking about relationships with, because even though he's straight, it felt like we were always on the same page when it came to relationships and how we felt about romantic interests in regard to ourselves. I miss talking to him. He's married now, 
and he was never big into social media, and so I haven't heard from him since I was in Chicago, so it's been about three years. Okay. Which is sad, but I remember, remember one time he, he came down from BYU-Idaho and stayed the night. Yeah, I remember us talking about relationships and just how natural it felt. Good. And then I dropped him off at the front runner. I was listening to Black Lemon by Generationals, and it felt like the perfect end to an episode. <laughs> and then my side view mirror fell off. Oh. And I freaked out. And then I thought, right there, just cut to black. That is the end of the episode. I love it. Yeah. That's art. That's good. I mean, that it stayed good with him, it sounds like. I think for, yeah, for most people, it it turned out pretty well. It was nice. It's it's hard to tell, you know, especially with the factor of leaving the church as well, because that can affect things also as well as just being an adult and you don't yeah. keep in touch with old friends as much. But it does feel to me like pretty much all of my friendships, especially with straight men, went weird if I came out to them when they'd known me closeted for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think any... Any friendships with straight men after where it's like that's just a thing up front or like very close to the beginning, then then it's fine. But yeah, I do feel like m- other ones soured, like from high school. I don't know. Yeah, I remember you talking about that. Yeah. Um, like just in your letters. Um, I don't remember your friends' names. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's probably for the better because um, I'm sure they'll seek this out and listen to it. But <laughs> it's the alcoholic thing. So we just talked about this too. We're like, because I was just reading your letters. Yeah. Tanner, remember Tanner? <laughs> okay, we're doing names. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I remember. Remember you talking about how weird it was. Yeah, it's definitely better now. We've actually we like we reconnect like once a year, and I feel like every year it gets better. His wonderful wife did the photos for Maya and Jordan's wedding. Really? So like, oh yeah, as like a gift as well. So like, now it's evened out and feels very fine and good. Um, I think now if we don't talk all the time, it's more just adult life. Um, but for a while, yeah, that was definitely an example of like, it's just because we never addressed it. That's the thing. It's like with a lot of these friends, I would come out to them and then we would just like not talk about it and then our remaining interactions would be weird and then we kind of stop interacting. Yeah. So to me that felt very much like okay, so now it's weird cuz I'm gay. But who's who can never who can never be sure? But who can say in these trouble times we live yeah, in? Yeah, in these unprecedented times. <laughs> so I don't know, but yeah, it, yeah, it's hard. Things always keep getting better and I think it's eventually like a song lyric. <laughs> it's pretty it's sim- silly song. It's pretty right. simple. <laughs> no, but like punk is about simple. True. Um, don't need the most amazing lyrics. And I True. think that's a good punk lyric right there. Okay. Things are getting better all the time. <laughs> that's already a song. Right that's already that a song. What song is that? Isn't that a Beatles song? No, it's um. It's definitely a Beatles song. Better all the time. It's probably many songs because that's a pretty simple concept. <laughs> God, it is. You're right. That's not going in our band. No. We're not having that lyric. But yeah, I feel like the more life you live, the more your friends naturally filter out if they're not cool with who you are. Yeah. So, I'm stuck on this idea that we're starting a band. You really are. Um, I will maybe show up to play drums, and that's it. Maybe. I'm not saying we have to be like, we need a record deal or anything, but I think it would be fun, like, once a month we just get together and jam out. Okay. Um, Actually, while we're talking about the past in high school... Um, there was a Juicebox reunion a few weeks ago. Oh, tell me more. So Juicebox was uh, Jake's band <laughs> in high school. You can find them on no, iTunes. No, no. I'm just saying, level two still gets me every time I listen to it. The whole album's really angsty, but level two... The hair song is just clever. 
Hair Song and Level 2 are the hits, and I am those ones I'll still stand by. The rest of the album's a little... It's just The whole album's just me processing being gay from the closet for the most part, yeah. so it's weird and silly. But it's, no, I'm, I'm still... It's though. I'm proud of it, I guess, overall. You but guess. I don't know. You should be very proud of that, it. It was all written over the course of like my senior year of high school and maybe early college, and I was obsessed with bands like... Um, like the front bottoms and like some other bands that like their lyrics are just kind of like them saying whatever they want and they're not actually lyrical at all. So that's like how most of that album is. But uh, I just I remember being very impressed. I remember you gave me a free download code and thing like, no, I want to support you. I want to pay for this. <laughs> I forgot about the codes. Um, but yeah, level two is for sure the most uh, song that's like that's it's explicitly about accepting my sexuality. Um, um, I definitely have that on a mix. Good. I'll be on a few mixes. Okay, honest, I'll take it. Honest, hair song too. Yeah, hair song. Hair song is a pretty good pop song. I'll give us. I'll give us that. Um, the old <laughs> band. Anyway, yeah. No, really, just I um, tipsily texted them all and said, "Let's get together." <laughs> <laughs> and so we did, and we had lunch, and floated the idea of doing a reunion show this summer. But I don't think it will happen. I hope it does, but it's that would be a time commitment and a lot of relearning. Fair. But it would be a fun throwback. I say go for it. It's almost summertime. This is what summer's all about. <laughs> Reunion shows from your weird high school band. Yeah, I think summer's all about... I mean, you, you think it would be winter because you're not doing much would be when you try something new. No, I think it's summertime because you're happy, the sun's out. It's like, why not do something new? I'm going to write something I'm not used to. I'm going to yeah. write my longboard again, my longboard that's in my closet, but I never do anything with. I miss you, longboard. I keep staring at that longboard. His name is Soul Crush. Okay. I actually wrote it on the board. This feels familiar. Wasn't this one of your Soul only Crush. solo interactions with Torin ever? Was you went longboarding it was, together? It was our special kind of bottle episode. <laughs> um, I remember it very fondly. We made you pick us up at the end of the trail. But, Were you um, both relieved to have other company or was it fine? No, it was fine. It was a really good experience, honestly. And I remember thinking, like, I wish we could do this more often. I realized that's not the nature of our relationship, but... It was a, I remember us talking about it, and we really enjoyed the experience. Good. It was nice getting some one-on-one time with him. Good. Because I know he was, like, more your best friend, but he was still part of the crew, though. Like, I, yeah. wanted, I wanted that one-on-one time with him. Good. Mika, you ruined my life by making me think of everything in terms of bottle episodes, <laughs> as opposed to regular episodes. <laughs> Anytime I have a prolonged interaction with somebody, it's like, oh, this was a bottle episode for sure. I feel like you're the one who brought up bottle episodes. No, you taught most. me what they were, I promise. I feel like you're the one who brought it up, though. I probably just latched on and made it about everything. It's just such a good concept. I just, we influence each other a lot. I guess so. A lot. Yeah, who knows which thing came from where at this point. Um... No, honestly, though, sometimes I think about this, like, is this something for me, or did I learn this from Joe? <laughs> when it comes to movie things, yeah. especially yeah. TV shows, like, am I thinking this because I would have normally thought this, or am I thinking this because I was influenced by Jake? Because, like, let's, like, I've got friends to talk about TV shows with, but it's, it's you. You're the person I enjoy talking about TV shows and movies with the most. Thank you. It's um, one of the biggest compliments I... <laughs> Could have possibly imagine receiving. Well, like we're coming from two different angles when it, when we talk about these things, and you always are able to articulate yourself better than I do, and it's I disagree. Um, really? Yeah. Well, thank you. But it's it's always a treat talking to you about these things. Like we were just at the handlebar, and we were <laughs> just exchanging TV shows we think the others should watch, but 
Yeah, I've always really enjoyed talking TV shows with you. Good. It's a passion of mine. Yeah. Um, I do want to officially propose making this like an hour and 20 minutes and giving Richard a shit ton of editing to do because I just feel like there are still good questions to be asked. Okay. Wait, no, I definitely had one. Hang on. Well, I liked the question about that I asked. I liked my own question about um, whether friendships have soured after coming out. Have you had friendships sour because of leaving the church? No. That's good. I think I have a lot of either gay Mormon friends or friends who weren't Mormon to begin with. Yeah. Or they were already very loose in the church. How big do you think the gay Mormon community is now? I don't feel part of it, but I feel like 10 years ago I felt like it was huge. And I'm just wondering if what feels like a mass exodus from the church has also impacted that. Do you think it's still a big thriving community or is it just like a few sad people left? I think it's still a big vibing community with places like um, Encircle. Okay. You get a lot of teenagers who are still into it. But I feel like more and more people who are queer and in the church are... Like, if you're listening to this and you're still in the church... I know. I, you're trying to make it I just realized that's, like, actually the main audience um, Like, I <laughs> congratulate you, but in my on my side of things, on your side of things, Jake, like, leave. I think it's better for your mental health if you leave, but... I don't want to tell you what to do. I don't have control over your life. If you want to stay, then please stay. Make things better because Lord knows there are people who, in the church who are queer who need things better for them if they would like to stay. Uh, but personally... Like people would say all the time, I would see or hear perspectives all the time saying, just leave, it's not healthy for you in there. But like that never worked on me. I don't know. Like you, I feel like you just have to arrive to it on your own. I mean, it's different for everyone what helps you get there. But also, if you're in and believing, you don't want to get there either. So, yeah, it's tricky. I remember on Twitter one time, I wasn't telling this guy to leave, but I told him, like, you know, in five years from now, you're going to think differently than what you think now. And what I meant was, because he wanted kids, like five kids, and I told him, you know, in five years, what I meant was, like, in five years, you're probably, you might not want five kids. You might want zero kids or, like, one kid. And then someone came to his aid, it's air quotes there, because uh, I started with, I don't want to be that guy, which I shouldn't have started with, and her response was, uh, well, then don't be that guy. <laughs> she fought me on this. I'm like, I'm just saying, like, I'm not saying he'll leave the church. Like, I'm sorry that that's what you got from this, but I mean, maybe in the back of my mind, that's what I meant. But like, face value, that's not what I, I really meant. Like, you might not want kids. You might not want this kind of person as a partner. That's really what I meant. Yeah. Oh, it's so tricky. But yeah, everybody's got to find their own way. It changes so much with time. It's just so hard for me. <laughs> they, I don't know. It's just, I keep saying I don't know. Because I don't want to say things that will offend people. Um, that's, no, that's fair. Or, I don't know. Or like, or that will make people not want to listen to me. Because that's how what I did for the first, like, um, couple years or at least during any time where I was had accepted myself as gay but still wanted to be active in the church, like, I would comb through, like, YouTube videos, like, whatever I could find with people talking about their experience being a gay Mormon. And I would, like, stop listening to someone if it was indicated that they had left the church. Because I was like, oh, well, you're no longer, like, that's not the experience I'm looking for, so I don't care what you have to say. Hopefully people aren't like me, and they'll still, you know, listen to things if it doesn't align with their views. I hope so. I feel like... That's one of the things I want the most from this podcast is yeah. I would like people to think differently, think about things. They're, like, if you're 
there's a friend of mine from high school who told me she listened to this. Um, she also apologized for anything she might have done to me. Oh, that's nice. Um, and I told her, like, no, you... I made sure to tell her, like, no, you were nothing but nice to me. I wasn't mean to you, if anything. I was going to say, all I want to do is apologize to people from high school, really. <laughs> like, um, I don't want to say her name just in case, but... Okay. Um, I think you know who you are, if you're still listening. I hope you still are, but... No, you were nothing but nice to me in high school, and I was the jerk. Like, I thought everyone was dumb. Um, but no, you're a genuinely nice person. Uh, maybe I'll tell you to listen to this episode. <laughs> but, or I'll just message you again and tell you. Because you really did just have everyone's best interests at heart. You were one of the, the good ones. And now I am mixing <laughs> tequila with orange juice. Indeed you are. Okay. I'm just bouncing around with whatever pops into my head, um, Go for it. which I tend to do when getting tipsy. So, how about awkward slash interesting or uninteresting um, first <laughs> early dating stories as a gay? I can't think of any right now. You should go first. Okay. Because that might uh, make... Maybe not a single date. I guess more early relationship experiences. Because for me... You had mentioned at the bar before this, yeah, talking about, like, my early relationships. So there's PR, right? Yeah. Who was my first, really, actual, in quotes, actual relationship. Real um, quick, this is not a good combination. <laughs> what? It's like a tequila sunrise. I think you just went really heavy on the tequila. I probably did go really, because I do two shots minimum for my drinks. It's because my last roommate was a borderline alcoholic, and okay. so I had to keep up with my always Oops. put more alcohol than necessary. I mean, drink. that was doable to me, but I think if it's undoable, it's because of the vast amount of tequila in there. Listen to me. I'm talking about how I can drink a tequila drink. Wow, look at me go. Yeah, I'm impressed. Good for you. Yeah, good for me. You got this. I still don't want to actively get involved with tequila, but apparently, apparently I can drink equal parts tequila and orange juice, so... Um, anyway, story. Sorry about it. It's not really a story. It's more... So, I joined North Star. Very quickly met this PR guy. Those are his middle initials. We'll leave it at that, I guess. <laughs> and he, yeah, it's funny. Memories are weird because I really can't actually remember the sequence of events at this point. I don't think, I think the joke was that we got kicked out of North Star, but I don't think we actually got kicked out of North Star. I think maybe he did because he was kind of a controversial personality. Um, and then I just left because I was like, well, I'm dating someone and that's against the rules. But we did meet through North Star, which is like not what you're supposed to do. <laughs> um, I met someone through North Star too. Yeah, but it, it was nice. It was a very cathartic kind of like actual first love experience, right? That it, like most people have when they're like fifteen or whatever, yeah. where you know we saw each other every day for the whole relationship was probably like five weeks, but like saw each other every day. We were saying I love you after like a week, and just made out so much. <laughs> um, we were on different pages. We did this weird kind of like dance back and forth of he was really into weed and sometimes drinking, which I had never tried either of those things at that point. And word of wisdom was like a very like, well, that's just easy for me to not even approach basically. Right. Whereas I was still going through like, well, now I'm open to dating a man. And what does that mean? And our whole thing was, we wanted to be like, well, I think everyone goes through this phase if it's for a day or for years, but wanting to be able to date a man, but still be like active Mormons. Right. And maybe get married one day and still attend church. So he was that phase for me. 
But yeah, we both had kind of different exceptions we wanted to make. So he wanted to be like, word of wisdom doesn't matter. I wanted to be like, law of chastity doesn't matter, but we'll still go to church. And neither of those things worked out. And so after five weeks, this really intense flame that had burned, like, and then turned into a wildfire, definitely uh, died out. So, but that was interesting. It was a good, I'm glad I had that experience. Um, He's a freaking weirdo in the best way possible. I don't know. I'd (laughs) happily like have drinks with him again. See where he's at now. Um, but yeah, that was my first relationship where I actively was like, I'm dating someone. And it was weird and good. Mine was definitely JP, freshman year. Yeah, but you never called it dating at the time, right? Because you hadn't accepted yourself? Right. Yeah. Uh, but in retrospect, you're like, we dated. Well, we definitely dated. Okay. Nice. And we've talked about this. Um, I can't, like, if he ends up listening to this. Hey, JP, no one else calls you JP these days, but you will always be JP Oh, it's a nickname. Okay. Yeah, because in his French class, he went by his French... Sometimes in language classes, you go by... You do the whole, like, this is my French name now. (laughs) This is my German name. This is my Japanese name. We never did that in Japanese Mm. class. um, Except for one kid, one guy. But, yeah, in his French class in high school, he went by Jean-Paul... And so JP was his nickname. Oh, okay. Everyone knew him as JP. I still call him JP. He's in my phone as JP for his nickname. Which I'm positive I'm the only person who still calls him that. Uh, but we, I forgot the point of the story. We, we talk, talked to him about that. Uh, Just that he was your first dating yes. relationship without actually calling it that at the time. Yes. That lasted about two months. Okay. Um, after that, a lot of my relationships were... About a month because they, you know, like I, JP and I talked about this, how it was kind of my comeuppance for how he treated him. But a lot of my relationships ended because the guy had such mixed feelings about the church. And early on, for whatever reason, I was very much in the camp of we can do what we want and still believe in this. I don't care that I'm, I believe in the church, but because I still feel like I can be sexual with you, I still feel like we can do these things. Which is just a grand illusion, let's be honest here. Um, that was me probably already ready to leave church yeah. early on. I don't know. I mean, our brains are capable of rationalizing a lot of things. And I feel like, I mean, you're, it's what I went through too, with just being like, well, the, I don't know, somehow the church is wrong about that part and we like want to be faithful with the rest of it. It's just, it's weird. Yeah. It's a weird situation to be put in. Yeah. I feel like it's like a lot of things that are quote unquote sins, which is just, it gets tricky once you try them because like, that was the thing for me with getting involved with guys, like dating, whatever, sex, whatever. Like it was like, well, I don't like, that was a great experience and I don't feel bad about it after yeah. was the weird part to me. Right. Cause I always assumed, oh, I should. And, and there was that as well. Right. There is like the self-inflicted guilt, but yeah, kind of what led me eventually on the path of starting to look into going out probably was like that idea of like, well, I've been taught this is wrong my whole life, but it's making me feel good. And the only reason I don't feel good maybe is because just like the church looming in the back of my mind. But yeah. it wasn't this like experience that was inherently evil. Like I've always been, you know, at least told myself to believe. But, yeah. Yeah. I also dated a guy in Tucson during that summer. Oh yeah. I remember that. That was, that was an eventful summer for you. It was. Yeah. I basically decided to leave the church while living in Tucson for about four months 
But yeah, about one of those months, had another short relationship. I was so alone without you. I know, I'm sorry. I felt so lonely. Yeah, because me and Jared, John, and Torin all went down there. Oh, yeah, I just had Jeff, which, I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> oh, don't get me Jeff. wrong. I love hanging out with Jeff. Like, cause I was hanging out with him before I introduced him to the group. But you guys weren't but they're, close, maybe? No, we've, he and I were close. Okay. Um, I mean, it's been years since we've been close, but uh, we were close at the time. Yeah. And so it was fine, but, you know, the three of you were still missed greatly. Yeah, sorry. I do remember, yeah, we would, like, get on calls, and you're like, this is a tough summer, and you guys should be here. Yeah. And we were not there. And I was dating Brandon, who was also very into weed, <laughs> but not had no Mormon history, which was, that was interesting to try and go into that, because um, I went into it very much, like, still with my prejudices and, like, thinking mm. that, like, somehow, I don't know, because I was still in the church, technically, but was trying to act like I was cool with the weed and stuff, but I wasn't. Yeah, it was just a mess. And then we thought we were going to do long distance when he went to California <laughs> to go back to school, and I bought a plane ticket, and then he broke up with me before I could fly out. Oh, did you get a refund for your plane ticket? Couldn't get a refund. I think I even angrily asked him to send me money for it, and he never did. But Boo. Oh, well. I was figuring things out. I, are you a big fan of weed? Um, I'm not. I've never really had an experience where I loved it. I like alcohol because it lowers your inhibitions, but you're still, like, even if you're kind of dumb, you're still, like, somewhat coherent or cohesive, whereas I feel like weed kind of, like, isolates your brain, and, like, you only make sense to yourself, and then, so, I don't know. Like, I know people rave about watching movies on weed, I tried to do that, and I was just like, I actually don't understand what's going on, and... And I just feel like I can't do anything if I if I pad weed. It's like, well, I can't do anything effectively, so I don't know <laughs> what to do. Whereas alcohol, I can still function, so that's why I like it. Yeah, like I'm I'm definitely tipsy right now, and probably past tipsy, but <laughs> yeah, I like the feeling of alcohol more than like the few rare times weed actually got to me. Right. We've got about five more minutes till the cutoff time I designated where we're giving Richard yes. a ton to edit out I... and make this a reasonable length. Hi, Richard. How are you? I hope you're doing well. Okay, so we've got about five minutes left. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, because the overall point of this podcast is gay Mormon stories in some form, right? Yeah. Okay, that's actually a different podcast, isn't it? Gay Mormon stories, but... Um, it is. They're, they're good. Okay. They've got way more listeners than I do. <laughs> I don't advertise this. <laughs> This is a passion project. I mean, so G Crew was our own little community. It was a group of friends who came together, really bonding on the premise of being gay and Mormon. I would not have survived without G Crew. Yeah, I don't think I would have either. It's really, it was formative. It was, I'm still friends with all of you. I'm glad it happened. We would go to IHOP once a week, often. Maybe not every single week, but... Pretty much. Pretty much. And... Just give updates, which were huge at that point because we were all in majorly, you know, shifting and transitional positions. You were, you guys were in school. I had my job. Yeah, you did have your job. You were far ahead of the rest of us. But, <laughs> but we were all in major transitional periods with the church, I feel. Oh, yeah. Um, Jay John was the first of us to leave. Yeah. And I remember us thinking he had gone off the deep end. Yeah. Um, which I regret. But Me too. Yeah, I was such a, a dick to Jared John as he left, and we all lived together after Tucson. 
uh, so judgmental of him and all of his choices, quote-unquote choices, right? Like, his lifestyle, having left the church. The tattoo he got. Even though I had just left as well at that point, but yeah, it took me a long time to really purge a lot of those, you know, patterns of thinking and things yeah. like that. So sorry, J. John. I've apologized. Every time I see him, I feel like I apologize to him <laughs> for that era. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's our main um, kind of gay Mormon story is just that we all found each other. Ironically, through, I mean, North Star ultimately was the ultimate connecting tool, I feel, right? And like, yeah. I just love that. Because I, I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe controversial, but I feel like North Star is a bad organization, right? Oh, so definitely. I just like that, yeah. And uh, maybe not against their mission, because their mission is to unite gay Mormons, I guess, but they just have a lot of messed up shit that they do. It's how I met Jeff. Right, so that's what I'm saying, is I just like that we all met each other and that we all strengthened each other on our own, basically without needing the organization to do that anymore, and that we did all leave the church eventually. Yeah. Um, more or less, we all have, so. I'm definitely sending out that uh, the canvas print. Yeah, you have to. There's an iconic Polaroid. Yeah. It's such a good photo. It is. It really is. And it looks good. Because I, again, like, I thought about doing it, but then just didn't have the money to do it last week. In my parents' kitchen. Why are we there? (laughs) That's so weird. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But, yeah. So, that's kind of the sum of me and Miko as gay Mormons. Yeah. Which has been good. Yeah, you're... You were the first one, really, that I talked to. Yeah, it was you. Yeah. I mean, as like, yeah, prolonged interaction and friendship, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Decade later, we're still friends. Which is so weird. Who would have thought during all those mission letters? It's weird to me that we would like sit here drinking and like doing a podcast in 2022. Just because I, I don't know. I mean, when we first met, I was probably... I probably had other ideas in store because I know I'd be like, I was like, we could be roommates one day or like, and we were, and we were roommates. Yeah. <laughs> but, but at the same time, yeah, I was, I was just building up this, this fantasy of like, oh, you're the first gay Mormon I met and therefore I'm sure we'd be happy together forever or something like that. But I had something similar. Yeah. Um, which I think a lot of gay Mormons have. Like yeah. the first person you talk to, you mm-hmm. can, because we had so many similar interests. Yeah, you love Sufjan, um, which was just, like, huge. I think that bonded us so much. Yeah. Age of Odds. Age of Odds. Uh, the Wasp one, it's about, to me, is about gayness, but I don't know if it actually is. <laughs> I, oh, uh, come on. Like, um, the... It's like... I don't remember the song titles off the top of my head, but there were so many gay songs. Even just, like, in, in Illinois, you know? Yeah. Like, has, he found, has he confirmed that he's bisexual or gay? No, he has not. But which good for him for keeping his personal life secret? <laughs> no, that's like the thing from the other two. It's like um, you remember that plot line? Yeah, they're like, oh, I don't talk about my, I don't talk yes. about my personal life. But he like, I'm so happy you watched the other two. It's so good because no one else I know watches. Yeah, it. this is an official recommendation for the listener at the tail end of this experience. Um, yeah, let's end it with TV show recommendations. <laughs> okay. That seems very like us. Um, I mean, well, if I want to stay on topic a little bit, my favorite show of all time is The Leftovers, which yes. I do think I watched in part because of you. I think you'd watched it first, at least, for sure. I remember watching season one um, without you, and then we started watching together. But really is one of my favorite shows of all time because of the way it handles themes of faith and belief, or lack thereof. Um, and also being from the creator of Lost, which had been my favorite show up until that point. And 
uh, it's just it's unlike anything else I've seen. Just That's the all I way say it deals it. with grief, like and grief, of course. Yeah, yeah. like my mm-hmm. own story I've written, like um, which update nothing. I'm still. Waiting I was going to ask you. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, you asked for update. I'm going to give you updates. Yeah. I will. As soon as I hear something from other people, I will tell you if like it's a yes or a no. But good. I'm just I'm happy that you want to know updates. Of course, that makes me really happy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm going to keep you like you're better. Yeah. Because that, what I've written, deals with grief, too. But, yeah, not many shows deal with grief the way that The Leftovers did. Yeah. And I think that's very powerful, because they each deal with grief in different ways. Um, got Nora, at the beginning in season one, when she was shot by the prostitute. <laughs> like, with that context, that's such a good sentence. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. 3% of the population just vanishes. Yeah. And it's, uh, like, even though 3% seems very little, it's still... That's a lot of people still. Everyone was somehow affected by that. God, yeah, the way the show deals with all of this is amazing. Yeah. So amazing. Like, no other, I feel like no other show deals with this in the same way. No, no. And what I like to say to people now, because Avengers tried to do it too, um, (laughs) is Avengers Endgame, that, like, first, like, 15 minutes or whatever, where they're trying to show the effects of people having disappeared. The Leftovers is that, but stretched over like 28 episodes and actually diving into it on the level it deserves and it's amazing yes but better oh way better they should have had like half that movie should have been about yeah dealing with this loss Mm -hmm. it wasn't until the end until you know Tony Stark snapped and brought everyone back but yeah they should have dealt with it more Mm mhm 100% so that's my official recommendation is The Leftovers uh my recommendation is probably the other two yeah you have to Especially if you're gay, which I'm sure most of this audience is. It's such a gay show. It is. It's the two main characters, brother and sister, their youngest brother becomes a YouTube singer sensation. His YouTube song gets him in the 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 musical light. At one point, he has a song called My Brother is Gay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that episode is golden. Peak TV, yeah. If you watch any episode, just that one episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but watch it all. But the older brother is gay. Yeah. Um, it's such a good comedy. It lampoons the the industry so well. Yeah, and I think part, what stands out to me so much about it as well is it's not a quote-unquote gay show like I just called it. Like, it's about a, a, a straight sister and a gay brother, I guess, but it's just that it, the show feels so attuned to, like, gay culture and terminology and... And it doesn't bother explaining those things for a straight audience, which I love. It just throws yeah. you in. So it, it's so good. It just is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just, again, the way it handles uh, just that culture yeah. in, in New York. Uh, beautiful. Excellent show. So good. So good pick. Oh, man. Okay. Love it. So uh, any any other parting thoughts? <laughs> I guess not. This has been all over the place, but I hope that's what the people want or at least tolerate. I hope they enjoy it. We've talked a lot about Game Mormon things. We have. Okay, I hope so. You hope so. <laughs> it felt like we didn't for a long time, but... Uh, I mean, with Mike, it felt like that, too. Okay. Um, maybe people don't want to hear my conversations, but we've been friends for so long that I always enjoy talking with you, so I hope other people did, too. I hope so. Yeah, thank you all for listening. Uh, this has been Jacob Hampton, my guest today. I have known him for so long. Definitely my oldest real game Mormon friend. Thank you. Because we, yeah, we grew up together in this trying to figure shit out. We did. You definitely figured it out before I did. I guess. 
You get no, you did hundred percent. It took me a, another year to figure things out. Okay, fine, I'll take it. I'll You'll take t- it. Yeah, take it. Please take okay. it. It's, <laughs> that's how it was. You figure things out a year before I did. It took me a year in Chicago before I realized I need to leave this. My sister left before I did because of the uh, policy change. Ah, see, that's that was the other juicy topic I wanted to get into. Oh, we can get into it real quick. Just that. Okay, so like, especially as I first left the church, I I didn't like listen you know listening to podcasts or whatever. I feel like podcasts are often a big part of leaving the church. It seems like um, I never liked it when people who had been exmo for a while would talk about like, oh, I was like angry for a while, but now I don't care anymore or whatever. Because I would feel like it invalidated my experience, right? Because I was like, well, I just you know came to terms with like this thing I believed my whole life being a lie. And I don't want you to, you know, infantilize my experience by being like, you're going to go through an angry phase and then you'll be okay. And so anyway, I'm, I still am angry sometimes now. And, but you I did, are. I did have, I had an initial, but I did, I, I will say, the reason I brought that up is I will say I had an initial phase where I was more vocal probably and like posted on social media about these things, largely because I felt very alone and wanted to find other people to relate to. Um, I was finding that even if people in my life weren't Mormon anymore. They, like, didn't care. They didn't have reasons why. And I felt like I had a long list of reasons why, and I wanted to talk about them with somebody. So, anyway, really vocal at first. Um, I have since, you know, that's felt like less of a need, but I would never want to sound like, you know, that means nobody should go through a point of needing to talk to people about it, because you absolutely have to. Anyway, I haven't felt the need to talk to people about it for quite a while, but every now and then something will happen, right, that does kind of rile me up again and the most recent one was the musket fire thing um from jeffrey r holland speaking to byu faculty i think it was which in in a way is like so like specific and it's kind of funny that it blew up the way that it did because it wasn't even like it was general conference right at the same time it was very um graphics not the right word but it was an attack yeah and that was the thing it was an attack yeah so i think where i'm at now is I may not be, you know, angry or super concerned about, like, church history itself or, like, still feeling like I was lied to and I'm still mad about that. Because I have been out for, you know, eight years now. You still feel very now. involved in this, though. Like, if the church does something to mess up, I feel like you're on top of it. Yeah, I guess. It has to be big at this point, though. I feel like there was yeah. a time where I was following every little detail and now it's like if something makes waves in, like, the actual news, that's when I look into it more. Like the musket thing. And so now, even though, yeah, maybe I'm not concerned with, like, my experience in the church anymore, I do still... What makes me upset now is that it doesn't bother, A, my family or just anyone in my life that I'm close to. If they're active in church and it doesn't bother them when these things happen, that's what bothers me now. Is because I'm just like, so, okay, so, like, you're just okay with that. You're okay with, you know, still being part of an organization that thinks my actual marriage should not exist and... Like, that we are wrong, right? Like, yeah. our existence is wrong. You could argue that's not what they say, that's not what they teach, but that's what it comes down to. That's the core of it, is what I believe, so. I don't know if I've told the story, but my mom, um, it's my dad's in the state presidency. They went to small town Wyoming, and my mom was in Relief Society, and she, I remember she didn't tell me this. It was my sister who told me this, and then surprised that my mom didn't tell me this but I guess this is a true ally moment where you know they they don't want the clout they don't want me to congratulate them like this was just because it's the right thing to do but somebody was talking about homosexuality and 
my mom, who was not part of this ward, stood up for me. She stood Amazing. up for homosexuality in general. She stood up for me. Good. Even though it wasn't like me specifically they were talking about, and I might tear up, but yeah, she never told me this. She still hasn't told me this was years ago. Um, I was, remember, I, like I was in Salt Lake, but this is about two years ago, yeah. My sister had told me, she told my sister, but never me. And I think that's such a true ally moment where you don't tell. Yeah. The per- like, you it wasn't know, for the story, yeah. That's mm-hmm. not why they did it. My mom did because she loves me yeah. and she loves my friends. That's good. I love that. That always gets to me thinking about that, like, now oh, I'm such an amazing woman, but the fact that she did that in a ward she's not part of. She defended us. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah. I'm sure my mom would too. And I bet she has. I bet, I'm sure a lot of us that have, you know, if we haven't, if we have families that are in the church in any degree, I would think and I would hope that a lot of us have had those moments we don't know about, right? Where the, yeah. we have been defended in a lesson or something like that. So that's good. I think that's a major positive, major plus. And it's just the thing at the same time, though, when bigger things happen, like that musket thing that I'm just like, but also you're still part of this organization that actively believes that. And like, I just wish, because you hear about people, it was your, you're talking about your sister that made me think about it, right? Because she left. Maybe it wasn't strictly because of you or anything like that, but. It was, it was because of me. Like, okay. The, the policy change. Yeah, right. Being, like being so supportive of me. I'm so close to my sister. Like that broke her shelf. Okay. Great. Because, yeah, so you'll hear stories like that, right? Where, yeah, like having a gay family member fully send someone out of the church. And I think that's awesome, frankly. And so, yeah, I've never had that, right? I've never had someone say to me, like, oh, like, that became troubling for me that, like, they openly discriminate against you. So that's what makes me angry sometimes now. As it, and it's, it is at the church, but, yeah. And I'm not angry at the people in my life, but it's just wishing, like, I wish it would bother you just a little bit <laughs> that they are this openly, you know, that you clearly love me you support me but it, it, you don't ex- seem to experience any cognitive dissonance with the fact that they say those things and teach those things yeah yeah anyway it's me so it's going to turn into something like that eventually <laughs> <laughs> there it is people <laughs> uh, this is okay i am drinking a glass of water i feel like it could be a good photo op i was very in the thick of drinking at that point. Let's do one just holding the glass now. Great. <laughs> you got two good One of these wind up on my fridge. Okay. Quite frankly. Um, the least bad of the two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, I think this is a good place to end. Okay. Um, Sorry, Richard. Have fun editing this. Yeah, there's about half an hour. I should probably end up with this. Um, I trust you. I trust your abilities. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you, listener. Yeah, thank you, listeners. Thank you, Jake. Um, I, I like. I know we don't see each other that often, but I always appreciate when I do get to see you. Likewise. Yeah, Jake. This was Jake. This was. <laughs> this the guy was. I, I grew up with spirit. Like, spiritually is the wrong word, I guess. But well, in a sense. But it's what you grew up with. Yeah, and we we have the biggest, I think, life changing kind of. Yeah. Transformation on I, a similar timeline, so. I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for you. Same. If I'm being honest, just. Yeah. Yeah, you were very, incredibly influential in my life. So, thank you. Thank you for being there. Thank you for being my friend. Thank, thank you. Thank you for just. I really appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate you being there, and I hope it never seems like I take that for granted. Same. 
Yeah. Couldn't have said it better. Goodbye. Yeah, we're going to end there. Goodbye, everyone. (laughs)